Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Always good to see you. If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant. I want to say hi to everybody in Overflow as well. Thank you for being gracious, and uh, we hope you feel very much a part of what we're doing today. I made a huge mistake with my wife's mega magnification makeup mirror. Try saying that four times really quick. This was my mistake. I looked in it. And I saw my reflection up close, lit up, and magnified. It's kind of like a car accident. Once you look, you cannot look away, right? It's just bad stuff. And this is what I saw. I had a hair breaking the laws of physics in my nose, okay? I plucked it. Don't do that. It hurts, okay? I had an eyebrow hair defying gravity, literally on my face. I was looking, and the more I looked, the more I saw the flaws up close, magnified, way too personal. I saw some scars. I had a scar up here from when I was a little kid, ran into the corner of a wall, split myself wide open. I got a scar over my eye from where I got hit with a gun barrel in college. Long story, different message, okay? (laughs) I saw the lines in between my eyes from laughing way more than I've ever deserved. Saw lines in the sides of my eyes from worrying when I shouldn't have, stewing when I should have been praying, and lines from from moments in life that you probably understand too. Moments that are just low and hurting and you're in pain and you just need God to show up. You know, the Bible's a lot like a mirror. It reflects back to us the highs and low moments of our life when we get it right and when we get it wrong. The Bible also perfectly reflects the story of Jesus, the highs and lows of a God who desperately wants to be reflected in your life this Easter weekend. I, I, I want to walk back through all the moments that brought you to this point, not in your life, but in God's life. Because you're not here by accident. You didn't just stumble in this door. God actually purposed you to walk in here today. And I want to go back to, to all of the moments that, that really, really matter. Let's start with this moment. It was a moment of birth. Jesus comes to earth in weak and helpless form, in the form of a baby. He started life helpless, just like you. He started life with purpose, just like you. I don't know what your purpose is, and I can be honest. I've often struggled with mine. But the Bible leaves no room for questioning the purpose of Jesus. The Bible says, and Mary will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. That was his purpose. Jesus is born, and then he steps into a, a moment of life. As the video that you saw earlier that was designed here by a guy named Nick, just an amazing job. Jesus could have lived as the king that he was, but his love for you actually took him in a completely different direction. This verse in the Bible just grabs me. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through you, through his poverty, that you might become rich. I mean, Jesus came low, and he stayed low, and he went even lower for the sake of love, and Jesus showed his love for low and broken people in what I think is the most beautiful moment in all of Scripture. When this group of religious people bring a lady who was caught in a very low and embarrassing moment. She was cheating on her husband and they actually caught her in the act. And they bring her and they throw her in front of Jesus. And they're looking for condemnation. They're looking for judgment. And in a moment of truth, Jesus goes a completely different direction. Instead of focusing on her, he points out their sin. Because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And when they're confronted, they just all disappear and they go away. And then this happens. Jesus and the woman end up having a conversation. And the Bible says Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. 
that neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now, leave your life of sin. And in that moment, Jesus lives out his purpose for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And then my favorite verse in the whole Bible, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Simple purpose. But let's be honest, it was kind of wrapped in a confusing plan, right? Nobody really knew what Jesus was up to. Jesus wasn't going to just require a sacrifice to defeat sin and death once and for all. He was actually going to become one. That's crazy. And it's a moment of confusion. The followers of Jesus are asking questions because Jesus shows up and he says this, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And I'm sure they were thinking, what in the world is up with that? I mean, that's a wrinkle, right? Jesus isn't just going to ask everyone to lay down their life for him and serve him. He's actually going to go first. That's one thing I love about Jesus. He never asked me to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself first. And we find him doing it in a moment of surrender. Jesus surrenders in a moment of agony in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's talking to God, his Father, intimately in a difficult moment. And he says this, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Let me give you a modern translation. God, I don't want to die, but if it means the people of Whatcom County get an opportunity to live, I'll do it. Wow. Because he loves us that much. He loves us so much that there's actually a moment of exchange that happens. I mean, I'm just blown away by this. Jesus Christ, who never sinned, took on every bad decision I ever made. Every willful sin that I ever committed, every low moment that I created for myself. He wrapped around his perfect life so that he could carry a burden that I couldn't carry. The Bible says he himself bore our sin in his body on the cross, and we might die to sin and live for righteousness, for by his wounds you have been healed. <laughs> and Jesus made the exchange willingly. So the Grant Ernest Fishbook, don't laugh at my middle name, it's my dad's, sorry. So the Grant Ernest Fishbook could get something he doesn't deserve grace. Grace. And that started with a moment of forgiveness. A moment that started all the way back on the cross. Jesus is talking to his father about the very people who were nailing him to to a Roman torture stick. And out of his heart, this is what comes. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Jesus has been saying that for each and every one of us in this room ever since. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Jesus forgave. And then in a moment of death, the Bible says this. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands and commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. That's the tragedy of Good Friday. He died for you and for me. And I'm sure it it had to have been honestly followed by a moment of hopelessness, right? I mean, you can't get any more hopeless than this. The Bible says Joseph, this guy just shows up in the story, took the body wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, placed it in his own new tomb that he'd cut out of the rock, and he rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb, and then he went away. He just walked away. Because everybody's going, what happened to the plan? 
We thought we were showing up in Jerusalem to overthrow the Roman government. If Jesus was going to be the king, then all the disciples were supposed to be princes. And now all of a sudden, Jesus is dead. What in the world is up with? That's hopeless. You know what? That's Good Friday. The Bible doesn't say much about Saturday. It doesn't have to. Because we can all relate to Saturday, right? The dream's gone, the confusion set in, and here come the questions. What happened to my life? Where is God? Why does this stuff hurt so bad? Where do I go from here? Is there any hope left in the world at all? Here's what I know. A lot of us get stuck there. We get the pain of Good Friday because life can just be hard. And we totally relate to the hopelessness of Saturday because every single person in this room at some point, you felt low, you felt lost. I'm so thankful the Easter story does not wrap up on Saturday. Anybody else? (laughs) It doesn't end on the pain of Good Friday and the hopelessness of Saturday because into that low moment comes a moment of resurrection. If you've never heard this before, this is the best news you're ever going to hear. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and then sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him, they shook and they became like dead men. They passed out. The angel said to the women, don't be afraid, for I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. (laughs) He's risen. Just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. I love that moment. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Easy for the angel to say, right? Everybody else is freaking out. Don't be afraid. I know you've been low and lost, but it's all going to change because Jesus isn't here. He has risen just like he promised. You remember that confusing moment when he said he was going to die for three days and then come back to life? Well, Jesus actually just delivered on his promise. And that changes everything. I don't know why I've always stopped there in the story. I've been doing this with you guys for 18 years. I have no idea. I always stopped there. Never went beyond it, right? He's not here, he's risen, period, end of sentence, but it goes on. Come and see. Come and see. Some of us need to step into that moment. It's a moment of invitation. We need to cross the threshold because some of us are looking for some proof. I could have spent this morning laying out the proofs. It's hard to argue with 500 witnesses who are willing to die for the sake of the story that Jesus was alive. We could lay out proof all we wanted to. But I'm just going to stick with this little invitation this morning. Come and see. It causes tension for some of us. We love hearing about Jesus as a really good friend. Because that's what we want, right? We want a heavenly buddy who slaps us a high five and tells us we're awesome. We like having a moral compass in, in a world that's just relativistically moral, kind of all over the place. And we get a little stuck every once in a while when Jesus starts claiming to be the savior of the world messes some of us up. We get even more stuck when he has the audacity to say the only way to get to heaven is to go through him. Just like the ladies on Easter morning, some of you are standing right now on the edge of the greatest moment of your life. You just didn't know. This was your plan for Easter. I'm going to go do the church thing, then I'm going to go do the Easter egg hunt, then I'm going to eat ham at grandma's house, and then I'm going to take a nap. That's my Easter. And now you have an issue because the king of kings is standing at the door of your heart saying, come and see. 
Come and see. He says, you, you know the pain of life and the hopelessness. But now I want you to come and see. Come and see what happens when you surrender your life to a God who's not afraid of your pain but actually steps into it. Come and see what happens when a God doesn't run away from your hopelessness but instead presses in towards you. Come and see what happens when you surrender full control to a Jesus who loved you enough to die for you. Come and see how Jesus can bring life and breathe life into your broken dreams and your shattered hope. Come and see how the God of the universe would come low so that he could lift you up. Come and see. The last thing you probably want this morning is for some preacher to just ramble on and on and on. So we're not going to do that. In fact, I'm going to ask for some reinforcements to come and give me a hand here. I'm going to ask the band to come and help out because I wanted to share a very personal story with you this year. And I'm going to warn you on the front end of it. This story is not resolved yet. There's no beautiful red bow on the top of it. There's no easy answers. There's no hallmark moment at the end of the story. Not yet. But all the way through, you're going to see Jesus show up. You're going to see Jesus in the low moments. You're going to see Jesus in tears. You're going to see Jesus bringing comfort and peace. And I'm going to need it. I didn't have to look very far this year for for a story because I've been watching and living this story with my wife, Laurel, for more than two decades. We've been praying as a family for a miracle, for God to restore her sight for 24 years. Some of you have been praying with us for the last 18, because that's what this spiritual family does. Thank you for hanging in there with us. It means a lot. Over this journey, we've been so low at many times But every time we go low, Jesus comes with us. He's always been there for us. And today I have no idea what you're dealing with. But I'd like to invite you into into the life of my family. And and this is a little risky for us because, because it's no fun to be vulnerable and transparent. But this one thing we know. Great is the faithfulness of Jesus as we continue to pray. Dear God, you once healed a blind man. Do it again. Let's watch it together. Twenty-four years ago, the same year that my dad passed away, I was diagnosed with a rare eye disease that has changed my life. The original prognosis was blind within five years, but God had a different story. And I remember my heart just crushing at the moment, thinking, am I even going to see the face of my little newborn baby? What, what does that look like for my future? And I felt like... In some ways, my life was coming to an end, and it was, to how I knew it. There's actually nothing that they can do because it's a retinal degeneration. So as far as treatments, there are no treatments. 
So although my world is slowly disappearing, I can still see. Things are just fuzzy now and distorted, and some things are missing altogether. walking out of the exam room and I was crying and the doctor stepped in front of me and put his hand on the door and looked directly into my face and said you're going to be okay and that was the beginning of God using people and powerful words of encouragement to carry me through the years this should probably take a team to put together but most days all I have is Grant so Yes, he has curled my hair, he has fixed my makeup, he makes sure that my boots match, my clothes aren't inside out. He can do so much more than just preach. So over the years, the things that I fear the most in my disappearing world, God has used to draw me close. I don't just hear about tender mercies or grace for today, I actually get to live them by default. And sometimes it's a blessing not to have a choice. I don't get to have faith in just the things that are seen, but rather my confidence is in Jesus who I know sees me. Originally, um, what my independent self used to see as weak or less than, God has used to make me strong. He has made a way when there has been no way. His faithfulness has never failed me yet. His promises are true. He is our comfort. He is our strength. He is that inexplicable joy in times of great loss. You don't just see pain and chaos when, you, when you're growing from it. Like you see that it has meaning. It, it's so much beyond just the pain and the chaos because of how God's met you there. If I had the choice to do life all over again, I would choose the same challenges. It's taught our family to stay close. I often need a guiding hand. We have learned to laugh more, love deeper, care better, and trust God easier. Don't get me wrong, I ask Jesus for healing every single day. Sorry. I want to read. I want to drive. I want to see the faces of my family clearly again. And in my heart of hearts, I believe that one day I will. But for now, I know that every tear I cry has battered. There's a greater plan and purpose at play here, and that's where my faith is. Jesus writes our stories. He's the author of life itself. and. Because of that, blindness will never define me, it will only refine me. In the new simplicity of my life, visual distractions are gone. There's a God-given beauty and strength deep within all of us, and it's from that viewpoint that our perspective of low can change. The thing I fear most today is not going blind, 
but rather that I would ever forget how great is his faithfulness. He has never failed me yet, and I know that he never will. Laurel can't see faces anymore. But because she accepted the invitation to come and see, she comes face to face with Jesus every single day. And so can you. Laurel's story's not done yet neither is yours you know why because Jesus lived every one of his moments thinking about you he came for you he lived for you he taught unpopular truth for you when you have questions he moves closer because he loves you He surrendered for you. He exchanged his perfect life for the worst of you because he loves you. He forgives you. He died for you. He stepped into hopelessness for you. He went low for you. He conquered death for you. For you. And now he invites you beyond the invitation into a moment of salvation. For my fellow OCDers in the room, that's the last blank, so you can feel it all done. The Bible says it pretty clear. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I guess the question this Easter morning is, will you? Will you take this temporary moment and use it for eternity by believing in your heart that God can save you so that no matter what happens, you'll be able to say, great is his faithfulness. It would seem crazy to me on an Easter weekend to not give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So in a moment, we're gonna bow our heads and close our eyes just so we can concentrate. And if you're here today and you're low, maybe not emotionally, but spiritually you just feel like there's something missing, I can tell you what that is. It's Jesus. You know how I know that? When I was on the verge of taking my own life, Jesus showed up. He showed up and said, I love you. Come and see just how much. So we're going to pray. And if that's where your heart is today, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. 
Come and see. Would you pray with me? So wherever you are in your heart today, on this Easter morning, God stands at the door and says, come and see. And if that's your heart in this moment, would you pray these words with me in the deepest part of your soul? Dear Jesus, today I accept the truth that you love me. And you know I haven't lived a perfect life, made some bad decisions. And I realize today I can't save myself anymore. I believe that you alone can save me. And I admit I need your help. God, would you forgive me for the way that I've hurt others? You help me to forgive those who've hurt me. God, would you give me your power to turn away from things that I know are wrong? This morning, I thank you. I thank you for dying on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. Right now, I thank you for this beautiful gift. Come into my life, I pray, and be my Savior, my King, my Lord, and lead my life forever. Jesus name with every head bowed and every eye closed I didn't do anything to embarrass you but but if you prayed that prayer if you prayed that prayer you are a new creation all that old stuff it's gone God just washed you as white as snow your record's clean And you can now look him in the eye, face to face. And all you're going to see is his love for his dearly loved son or daughter. If you prayed that prayer sincerely in your heart, I'd love to pray for you this week. If you prayed that prayer, would you just slip your hand straight up in the air right now? Just stick it straight up. God knows you're reaching for him. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Right up here in the front, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you in the back, all the way there, I can see you. You can put your hand up and overflow too, God sees it. God bless you way over here on this side. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for the moment when we reach for you. Thank you for loving us in that moment. Thank you for all the moments you went through to bring us to this one. God, thank you that you're still healing. You're still keeping your promise. Great is your faithfulness. You've never failed us yet. I pray for those who've given their heart to you. Would you give them great courage? Give them great courage to boldly share with people, Jesus, save me. We pray these things in your name.
Amen. Would you stand with me? We're not done yet, but would you stand with me? just stick with me right now just stay right here in this moment long time ago I put my hand up in a church service I knew Jesus from when I was young but I walked away spit on God's grace and went my own direction and I learned something if you run God will chase you And I remember that morning I put my hand up and then the pastor did something I thought he was crazy. Pastor Bob Dunlop said, you put your hand up, I'm gonna invite you to do something that's gonna take a lot of courage. But while you're doing it, this is what you need to know. Jesus is not ashamed of you. Don't be ashamed of him. So in a moment, this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. Maybe you've given your heart to Jesus in the last couple of weeks in this low series. God's been showing up. Maybe you gave your heart to Jesus this morning. You put your hand up. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to trust me. You're like, I don't even know you. That's okay. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you to trust me in in saying this to you. I'm going to ask you to actually take a step and come and see. Come and see how good God is. Now, we don't do surprises here at Christ the King, so here's what's going to happen. In a moment, if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to actually slip out of your seat and come down here to the front. I'd like to be the first person to shake your hand and welcome you to the family of God. And then there won't be any surprises, but I'm going to ask you to trust me with this. I'd like to introduce you to some friends of mine. They are not perfect people. There are people who did this once and love to talk with somebody who just made that same decision. And here's the deal. All we're going to do is we're going to shake hands and you're going to go up that ramp right up there. We have a place backstage. We call it the living room. And we're just going to gather back there. Here's what we're going to do. We'd like to give you a gift. We'd like to get to know your name because you matter. We'd like to talk just for a minute or two about our own story with Jesus. And we'd love to pray with you before you go like to give you some next steps because the journey doesn't end here, it just starts. So I know it's scary. In fact, I know what's going on right now. <laughs> the devil's going, no, 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 no. And Jesus is going, come and see. It's come and see. So if you raised your hand this morning, if you accepted Jesus right now, I'm gonna encourage, be courageous, step out and come right down here to the front. Just start walking right now. There we come, right there. Come on. You come right down here. You come right down this direction. You come on. Come here, young man. God bless you. God bless you.